Hello and welcome to Triforce Trends, the podcast where I talk about all things Zelda. If you enjoy the content, please support me by subscribing to the show on whichever app you're listening on. And please don't forget to check out the YouTube channel by searching Triforce Trends. Hello Trenders, before the video gets underway I want to very quickly remind everyone that you can come and meet me at Insomnia 68 in England, literally 5 or 6 days away from when this video goes live, specifically in Birmingham. So if you can get any tickets and would like to meet me and see all of the games and stuff, then I'll be there on Saturday the 16th of April. I won't be there any of the other days, but I'll be with some friends. To get updates of where I am during the event, please do check out my Twitter. The link to the website where you can buy the tickets is also in the description today. Hope to see some of you there. Finally, please do not forget to subscribe to the channel if you enjoy the video. Only 13% of people who are watching are subscribed, so thank you a ton if you do. Let's get into the video. Villagers are some of the only areas in Zelda games to truly make you feel at ease. Elsewhere in the world you might be chased by style creatures. You could be spotted by a Bokoblin, but in Villagers you're usually fairly safe. Looking back through past 3D Zelda games, it's crazy how many of those towns are so inherently peaceful, especially Kakariko Village in Ocarina of Time, but as I've discussed in previous videos, I don't think any Zelda game has come even close to the atmosphere and the calm that's associated with Breath of the Wild. We'll get onto Breath of the Wild's idea of villages soon, since that's obviously going to be the closest example of a village that will be in the next game. But first I want to discuss 3D Zelda games' villages before Breath of the Wild's. First let's talk about Ocarina of Time. The standout here to me, as discussed already, is Kakariko Village. The first human-like village we saw in a Zelda game, as the first bigger town we saw was Castletown. Kakariko was very peaceful in the daytime. Your main goals during the day were to grab chickens, find heart pieces and sleep atop the massive lookout tower that's sitting atop the village. It's a great atmosphere and a much needed reprieve from the rest of the game, where you feel like you're jumping from one thing to the next at a fairly rapid pace. Though in the night, this village turns into something fairly sinister. Not to mention, whenever you enter a certain building in the village, you're greeted by humans that have been trapped as spiders. As I've said in the past, I hate spiders, so this is always going to be one of the scariest places in the game to me. Not to mention these villagers are generally being slightly more unhappy. Even in the day, this village isn't full of happiness though. A mysterious character of the Sheikah did wrong to the village and is now apprehended at the bottom of the Shadow Temple. Presumably people know about this, so as I say a lot in these videos, once again, I think it's cool to see how much is on the surface of the atmosphere compared to what it can devolve into when you're really looking into the lore of the village. Next up, as the most notable village in their respective game in my opinion, would be Clocktown in Majora's Mask. The best little hub place in the series in my book, and a very perfect place to start the game. The atmosphere mimics that of the games, it starts off very happy and slowly as the game progresses, that happiness turns to sorrow, and eventually it can lead to a very depressing end for all of the villagers in Clocktown. I've done a whole video on Majora's Mass Atmosphere, so I'll move on. Wind Waker's standout to me is Windfall, though Outset would also be a shoo-in. But let's discuss Windfall Island for today. Presumably Windfall is actually Kakariko Village seen in Ocarina of Time, as I've seen mentioned in other theories from other creators. It's one of those theories that I can get behind purely based on the continuity of the series. The island is much like Kakariko in a lot of ways too, and while the village definitely isn't devoid of some things that people would class as a little disturbing, 
It's much less announced in this village. This place is a safe haven for your journey through and through. Honestly, stay here long enough and it could lead to you forgetting that Ganondorf is slowly gaining power all around the world as you're sitting there and is trying to find a way back down to the surface. That's how good it is at setting a feel-good atmosphere. Twilight Princess has a few standout villages or towns in my opinion, but I would personally say that it's Castletown is the best we've seen in the series to this point. I would like to touch on Ordon Village, but I'll do that in a future video as my Twilight Princess retrospective series is slowly coming up in the next couple weeks. The streets of Castletown are bustling. Even though things are happening in the world, it's almost like this village have no knowledge of it. And for the most part, they actually don't. It's this ignorance from the villagers that makes it the safe haven of the game despite being so close to Hyrule Castle, the birthplace of most of the mayhem taking place in the game. That's why it's so hard to not be affected when Midna's dying and you're being kicked out of everywhere around there. This is supposed to be your safe space, but for a period in the game your safe space is no more and you'll have to use all of your senses to find the next safe space. This is a brilliant part of the game and most importantly a brilliant town. Finally, before we get down to Breath of the Wild, we have Skyward Sword. Specifically, Skyloft. Pretty much everything I said for Kakariko all over again. Peaceful and even more fleshed out. Being even more of a safe space, but with even more things that make you just think, eh? <laughs> Finally, we make it to Breath of the Wild. I need to keep this brief since this video is about Breath of the Wild too, but let's take a quick look at one village from the last game. I could talk about Kakariko, Goron City, Zora's Domain, Lowland Village, even Tarrytown and the future of that village or any of the others. But they're all fairly similar atmospherically. They all seem to be reminiscing on past times and scared of the outside world. So let's talk about Hateno Village of all places. The housing village of Pura's ancient tech lab. This is the village full of the most actual Hylians from what I can gather and it's possibly the most peaceful place on the map. Kids are playing, builders are sitting and people are moving. It's the nicest place to just relax, which is something that I've been trying to show a lot in this video so far. But with all of that peace, it's just a little hint of sadness. And it's not even something that most people outside of the Zelda space would call that sad. It's this little abandoned house over in the corner of the village, sat there all by itself, with no owner. Literally just waiting to be demolished. Without the necessary materials, this is one of the saddest places in the game for me. Whoever owned this house must have died. Though it isn't all doom and gloom. If we're to believe theories and other tidbits hidden throughout the game, then we can deduce that this house is actually the house that Link grew up in and lived in most likely until his death. This turns this sadness into hope. Hope that the world can be rebuilt as new, just as Link was rebuilt pretty much as new. And that's something that's carried over into the quest that comes from paying for the Hatena residence, Tarrytown. But that isn't what we're here to discuss today, so let's move on. But keep in mind that concept of hope down to the rebuilding and rehousing of a single building. We are very likely to see villages and towns in Breath of the Wild 2, and definitely some new ones. Up until this point, they've been in every single Zelda game ever since Zelda 2 on the NES. I'm actually surprised I didn't do this video sooner, all things considered, as it's a topic that I'm fairly passionate about, as you might be able to tell. Many people want the next game to introduce villages that are pretty much built by the player. Honestly, it is a very cool idea, but I personally don't think it's something that will be on the team's radar, so I'm going to leave that out of this video and maybe put it into a video discussing potential things for the sequel at a later date, but I do think the villagers will have that overall feeling of hope. These villagers will know that Link has technically fought and beaten Ganon once, and while the world will also know that this means they're one for one fighting-wise, I still think the villagers will be cheering Link on. Of course, we know we're having some variation on the original open world from the original game, which also means we're likely to be seeing villagers that we saw in the last game. This is great for the story in a way, in my opinion, since it'll mean that we could see the reaction of the ending of the last game play out. 
Seeing those villagers trying to regain some sort of normality, in terms of villagers in general I'd honestly really like for the game to be set a while after the original. This gives the time for things to go back to normal. Not to mention it'd also be extremely cool for Zelda to have given the order to try and rebuild Castletown and build a memorial of the people who lived there over 100 years ago. This would, once again, be another example of that hope that I think the team were trying to push in areas of the previous game and that I think they'll keep touching on in the next game. I also would like to be able to see the new champions that helped us to gain access onto the Divine Beast too, so having towns and cities that are ruled by them would be great, especially if Link's house is acknowledged again, with him being the standout person in Hateno, similarly to how Impa is of significance to Kakariko or how Sidon is of significance to Zora's domain. Now of course I also want some new villages. If these were built in the time frame between the first game and the new one, then that works for me. Next is villages in the sky. Honestly I'm not sure about this one. I'd like some of these villagers for sure if the team could feel like they could do them right. It really depends on if this is ancient Hyrule or something like that really, but if they do it then huge spectacles housing people inside of them much like that pyramid we saw in the E3 2021 trailer would be amazing to explore. Plus the villagers awe of seeing a newcomer to the lands would be very interesting too, though I do want to explore Sky Islands even further someday so I'll leave those villagers out for now. Of course, last week I made a video discussing underground exploration in Breath of the Wild sequel. I think if they do caves to a large scale then there should definitely be a couple of villages. So here are some ideas that I've come up with through talking to others on the topic. First of all, we know the Picori were in the concept art for Breath of the Wild, so seeing them make their return in the next game would be amazing. Thing is though, it would make sense they went into hiding for years and years after the events of the Minish Cap, so seeing them in a little underground village only lit up by a few luminous stones around the area would be extremely nice to see. Not sure if I'd want to shrink down to their level or anything, but heck, seeing them again would be worth it even if it only turned out to be a small little easter egg for more hardcore fans. My other idea is the Zonai or other underground dwelling people being holed up in little houses made out of the walls of a huge cave. I know some people hate the Zonai idea, but if they turn out to be in the next game at all, then this is where I could see them being. They could offer more side quests and through interactions with Link, by the end of the game they could decide they don't want to live away from the rest of the world anymore, instead they want to collaborate with others. But that's just speculation and we'll have to see. Now let me know some of your ideas you have for villages, towns or cities that you'd like in the next game. I reply to every single comment so it'll be amazing to see some of your guys' opinions. I'll make sure to give a little heart to everyone who replied. Either way, I think we'll see some new and stunning villages in the next game. I'm very excited with that prospect. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you enjoyed then please do support me by leaving a like rating and subscribing as we wait for more Breath of the Wild 2 news. I'll be streaming a ton this week and next since I'm off work now, so along with being a part of the 13% of people who are subscribed that are watching right now, you'll also get even more content, so thank you a ton if you do. The people you can see on screen right now are my Patreon supporters, and they are just perfect people. Look at them. Some G and Jared Whedon are especially amazing for being my top paying patrons. Now just look at the Triforce coloured names and that Triforce font. Thank you so much for the support guys. If you'd like to join them, then you can do for as little as £1 or $1.50 a month. The link to my Patreon is in the description, and along with that link is the link to the rest of my media platforms, so follow me on them to keep in touch with me. Again, thank you so much for watching this video, I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you for a stream if you have your notifications on and would like to watch. Otherwise, I might see you on Saturday for Insomnia, or otherwise, apart from that, would be Sunday's video. But for now, please do stay safe.